Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey there, folks. Greg Shepard here, Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Great to have you with me again on this confusing topic today, on this episode. And by the way, for those of you that don't know me already, uh, I do specialize in helping folks just like yourself all over the country navigate those tricky waters of your higher ed retirement plan and basically just get the most out of that higher ed retirement plan. And those words couldn't be truer uh, than the than the topic that I'm about to discuss today. That was kind of a word salad, but the topic today is very confusing. It can be confusing, but I'll go into this knowing that everybody out there is of high intelligence, right? So we can all figure this out together. But there's going to be some acronyms, some lingo that you may not be familiar with. I encourage you, I implore you, please contact me. If you get in the weeds, if you're a little confused on some of the nuances around this topic, my email, best way to get a hold of me is greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Shepherd is spelled S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Again, that's greg at shepherdfinancial.com. I'd give you my phone number, but come on now, you're not going to give me a call. Nobody calls me anymore. They all email me. With that being said, the topic at hand is the lifetime income annuity option surrounding the TIAA traditional, specifically in that RC contract. Is that topic specific enough or what? And I'll give some context around this in just a bit. But to keep the attorneys at bay, I have been told that this one or two sentences here will do just that. So with that being said, investment advisory services offered by me, Greg Shepard, as an investment advisor rep of SNA Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor, which is my firm. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move on here. I've got some notes written down a little bit, so forgive me. I know dead air is not the best thing for a podcast episode, but I've got to make sure I get all this correct. This can be even confusing for me. So some context, some background around this topic. Um... We'll start off with TI traditional in general, all right? So with interest rates being high, it's this TI traditional account has garnered a lot more interest due to the fact that as I speak today, which is January of 2023, up until January 31st of this year, 2023, new deposits going into that TI traditional account can get you 6.5%. Yes, you heard me correct. That is 6.5%. Reason being is that interest rates are high. Um, you know, anything fixed money market, cash, CDs, you're getting that higher rate than you were, let's say, like a year ago. So this isn't going to be forever. But right now, folks, 6.5% is very, very attractive and very, very difficult to beat. Therefore, it garners more attention um, and more questions abound, right? So the TI traditional has been more popular than it's been in the past. Your higher ed institutions have recently evolved or transitioned their retirement plans on the TIAA platform. What I mean by that, maybe not everyone out there listening is affected by this, or maybe you were affected and you don't even know it, but a lot of higher higher ed institutions within the last uh, 12, 18, two years, 12, 18 months, two years, something like that, on the TIAA traditional, I'm sorry, the TIAA platform have transferred or mapped that mandatory account. Okay, here's where the lingo and some of the, phrases, okay, can get a little little tricky, 
but that mandatory account, which is synonymous with an RA contract, that stands for Retirement Annuity Contract, has mapped over or transferred over to an RC, which is a Retirement Choice Contract. That's why I said earlier, just a few a couple minutes ago, we're talking about lifetime income annuity options for the TIAA traditional inside the RC contract, which used to be the RA contract. All right, you with me? Okay, hopefully you are. Again, email me if you're confused. So I have a few clients that are of retirement age looking to separate service due to retirement that has the, um, uh, the questions and, well, the questions surrounding that TI traditional and what to do with it. So let's back up. Uh, does it make sense to even get into the TI traditional? Uh, it, it, over time, and again, by the way, everything I talk about here should not be construed as investment advice, folks. Make sure I implore you, any strategy you, you conduct or, or initiate or even think about, <laughs> make sure you get some professional advice on this. And I wouldn't say uh, professional advice coming from the TIAA reps themselves. God bless them. They're great people. I know a few of them. Uh, very good people, but they work for TIAA. So guess where they're going to want you to keep your money? With TIAA, okay, of course. So try to get a third-party independent financial advisor, fee-only, to kind of help you out. But make sure that he or she is familiar with this stuff, okay, because it can get tricky. So does it make sense to really have money in TIAA traditional over the course of time? Uh, I would argue probably not, okay, over the course of time. When I say time, 10-plus years, not necessarily right now, over time, because I think there's other ways to to do what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, I don't have enough time or the desire or the attention span to really go down that rabbit hole. So with that being said, again, right now, you're getting 6.5%. Do you know what the bond market did last year? It was factually the aggregate bond index. It was the worst year of the bond index ever. <laughs> it's like 250 years of um, history there. So make, it makes more sense for new deposits right now up, uh, up until January 31st of this year to get that 6.5%. Again, there's strategies around that as well. I'm not sure if I'll have time to get into that. I might touch upon that. But going further, this client already has money in the TI traditional. So what do we do with it? We have three options, basically. We can transfer it. Okay, again, he separated service due to retirement. One option is taking that money. He has $200,000 inside the TI traditional. This is a portion of his retirement, all right? He's got a good deal of money, but so this is a portion of it. Do we take that $200,000, roll it over to an IRA? Okay, if we did that, it would be a 2.5% penalty, which is $5,000. So that $200,000 just became one ninety-five. if we do that. Keep that in mind. That's option A. Option B is initiate the seven-year uh, TPA, so seven-year transfer payout annuity. Essentially, as the name implies, you're going to transfer uh, money annually, okay? Usually it's in December. Annually, oh, well, I shouldn't say this. It's whenever you start it. I shouldn't say December. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Whenever you start it, okay, on an annual basis for seven years, you'll get money. In this case, we would ship it over to a rollover IRA. And that would be, what, 25000 30000 something like that each year. Or we can do that lifetime income annuity option. So let's talk about, he, he was kind of in favor of that third option until we started throwing some math out there. Uh, so uh, maybe I'll tell you what we did. I'm not sure because I don't want this to be investment advice, but I'll make you or I'll let you kind of decide for yourself maybe what the best option is. All right, so maybe let's start at the, at the end. So that lifetime income annuity option for this person, okay, he's married, by the way. 
67 years old. Both he and the spouse are 67 years old. They have one child. He's of age. I'm not sure. I can't remember how old he is, but he's he's grown. He's working. Um, the reason I say that is his choices when it comes to that lifetime income annuity option, A, a single life annuity option, which is basically paying him the most, okay, but it's done. Those payments are done upon his death. So if he lives two years after we initiate this, money's gone, wife gets nothing, and of course, child gets nothing. Then you have the joint life with 20-year guarantee. Actually, let's back up. You got a single life with 10-year guarantee. What does that mean? So single life is the husband, single life with 10-year guarantee. That 10-year guarantee guarantees the wife gets payments upon the husband death prior to that 10 years. So let's put it in layman's terms here. Retires today, we initiate the single life with 10-year guarantee. Husband dies in two years. Well, the wife gets the eight years remaining on that 10 years for payments. Then the payments, the money's gone. And of course, she gets nothing. Even She's alive, but she gets nothing. And of course, the, the son in this case gets nothing as well. Then you have a joint uh, life with 20-year guarantee. Joint life with 20-year guarantee. What does this mean? Well, as the name implies, joint life, husband and wife, joint life, okay? So they're getting money for their lives. Now, if husband dies, okay, wife gets money for her life. That 20-year guarantee, what that means is that let's say husband dies two years from today after we initiated this. Wife dies um, eight years down the road. Okay, it's 10 years cumulative there. Well, the son in this case will get the remaining 10 years of payments because that's 20 years. But let's say husband um, lives another 10 years. Wife lives another 11 years. That's 21. Guess what happens to that money? Nothing, nada, it's gone. Son gets zero, okay? So then I started throwing out the idea, well, what if we did take this $200,000 and I and opted for option A? Take that 2.5% haircut, as they call it, put 195 inside a Schwab, ideal Schwab outside of higher ed retirement plans, and invest it in my favorite bond fund that I use for clients that are retired to take income from. Now, this said bond fund which will remain nameless, over the course of time, when I say that, over 20 years, has earned smoothed average of 7.1%. Okay, it pays about 5 or 6% interest, and the rest of that's from the appreciation over time. All right? What we did is did a calculator, a, a calculation on if this fund made 6%, okay, so we're going less than the average over 20 years. If this fund made 6% on 195 over 30 years, okay, that would put him at 97 years old. You still have $40,000 roughly, okay? There's a caveat, obviously, with market appreciation. It could be more, it could be less. But around $40,000 in 30 years that you can use for estate planning purposes that the son, that the son can have. And of course, if they live less than that, that dollar amount is more. So you tell me, even with that haircut, which one would you rather do? Now, let me back up a little bit. Um, there's all these kind of kind of nuances I, I, I remember uh, every now and again when I'm talking about these subjects. So the RC contract, again, we went from RA to RC uh, of late, as of recent. The TI traditional and the RA that had a 10-year transfer payout annuity, 
the floor you could get on it was 3%, meaning the minimum you can get is 3%. I mean, it's still not great, but it's not bad. The new RC contract, remember seven year transfer paid annuity option is 1%. The, the floor, the minimum you can get is 1%. So folks, in time, when I say time, your guess is as good as mine. When those interest rates go down again, like we saw, gosh, the last 10 years prior to the environment we're in now, you'll probably be around that floor once you get to that low, low, low interest rate environment. That's another reason why I said maybe that TI traditional isn't the best option over the course of time. Right now it's pretty good. And can you strategize where you put money in the TI traditional now, get that 6.5% for a certain amount of time until interest rates come down, and then reallocate those monies towards different investments within the contract that might be better down the road. Not investment advice. Please consult with somebody that knows what they're talking about in this area. So again, option option A was a 2.5% haircut. Um, if he does that, we're rolling over 195. We're going to get about the same payment, by the way. Did I say the payment? Um, gosh, I don't think I did. So uh, the payment to the individual, in this case the client, if he were to do a single life Right, yeah, making sure my notes are correct. A single life, well, yep, okay. <laughs> Sorry. See, it trips me up, so it's very difficult to imagine that someone out there that doesn't do this for a living trying to figure this stuff out. Single life with 10-year guarantee. That amount to on $200,000 was 1131 1131 per month, okay? And uh, if I didn't state this already, when we took that two and if, if we choose a strategy where we take the 2.5% haircut, roll that 195 over to a rollover IRA, we can still get that 1131 a month. Okay, we're still calculating for that same amount, 1131 a month. At the end of 30 years, you're still looking at around that $40,000, okay? I think I um, omitted that when I talked about it the first time, but I want to make sure I'm clear on that. We're still calculating for the same amount of dollars. We're not dealing with taxes. The tax liability, obviously, we will have to deal with it. But the tax liability on either option is the same. So that is a variable that's not going to change. We, uh, we did dabble into the seven-year TPA, transfer payout annuity. It, it is an option. Uh, I'll be quite honest. We're not going to choose it for various reasons we won't get into right now. But that's looking at, oh, gosh, I'm doing math in my head, 20, high 20s, 1,000 per year that you could roll over to an IRA and kind of enact the same, the same uh, strategy as option A. Uh, but there's reasons we didn't do that, okay? Now, um, so I guess I let the cat out of the bag a little bit. We chose either option one or A, or the third one, option A or option C, or one or three, okay? You can decide for yourself which is the best. Maybe, here's what I say about the TI traditional, okay? I actually did an episode recently on why I'm um, a self-proclaimed hypocrite when it comes to TI traditional, because the income or I guess the interest that's being generated now is so attractive, uh, I can see a place for it in lieu of all the bond investments in the portfolio. So just use your bond portion towards that TA traditional with the knowledge, with the knowledge that you have regarding the exit strategy. You must know or have an idea of how you're gonna get that money out before you start putting that money in inside the RC contract. Remember, quick, quick tidbit here, uh, GSRA, so your supplemental accounts, if the TI traditional is allowed to you going forward, a lot of contracts, uh, higher ed institutions on the TI platform have done away with TI traditional and supplemental side. 
uh, because it's liquid. Okay, keep that in mind. Your interest rate is lower. Interest rate's lower on the supplemental side, but it's liquid. Okay, even if you have, uh, there's so many tangents I can go out on that. Uh, make sure you consult with somebody prior to um, that information. I haven't seen where it's not liquid, but I, I shouldn't get a blanket statement. You could ask a TIA rep on that as well. But we're talking about that RC, which is a mandatory account. But like I said, it comes down to, uh, is a TI traditional a good investment over time? Uh, can you accomplish the same thing, which is the, the folks that are getting into the TI traditional, what they're doing is they're looking for that guarantee, right? Guarantee. Yes, it's guaranteed, but over the course of time, what are you earning on that? Even though the bond market did very poorly last year, over the same amount of time you've had that TI traditional, could you have done better in other options? Okay, I don't know the answer right now. Uh, but we can certainly figure that out. Going forward, do you want to continue those contributions to TI traditional? And I implore you, you know, I got, I'm, I'm wrapping this up, but I implore you, I can't uh, stress this enough. If you have that TI traditional, even if it's on your supplemental side, even if on your sup- supplemental side, specifically that mandatory side, you need help, okay? <laughs> Don't Get someone that knows what they're talking about, not necessarily those TIA reps. Again, God bless them, they're great people, but they're employed by TIAA. Their job is to keep the money there with TIAA. So get an independent, fee-only financial advisor to help you out. And of course, this is my world, this is where I live in, so I could certainly help you out as well. Uh, real quick, email again, greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Shepherd is S-H-E-P-A-R-D, folks. There's a, a few different other strategies involved with what I just spoke about. I don't have the time. I'll, we'll just get in the weeds even more. I might do another episode on that. But please, please, please contact somebody before you enact some of these irrevocable decisions that can affect the rest of your retirement life financially. All right, folks, that's enough confusion today. Uh, I'm going to go get some lunch. How about that? It's lunchtime. So, again, this is Greg Shepard with Higher Ed Retire telling you all to take control of your retirement today. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey. Please visit www.higheredretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again. S&A Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.